Welcome back, everybody. You are on another episode of the MMA Archive. I am Chris, and I've got my guy Arwen here with me again. Uh, could you please give them your handles and show them where you can find your stuff, too? Oh, um, yeah. I'm on Twitter at 808MMA Insight and my regular Twitter, Arwenism808. Yes, sir. Reppin' Robert Whitaker once again. You love to see it. Uh, sadly, he had to pull out of his fight again. Um, uh, coming up recently, it, it sucks. We got to bring it up that way, but family comes first. I know he had some uh, family issues, so wishing the best for our man uh, Bobby Knuckles. Uh, but we'll start where it all matters. I actually was going to have you on to do the um, recap of 273, and then a couple things happened on my end, so that fell through. Uh, so I'm excited to talk to you about those fights. We're sort of going to start back then, work our way up um, to where we're at now, and then uh, talk about the Font versus Marlon Vera card. So we got an action-packed episode this week. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, the first thing I wanted to ask you about is, did you catch the Alexio Linux submission on 273? Yeah, that was just wild, like... <laughs> But it's like it's like heavyweight scrambling at its best because you're just like, what is going on? And then when he caught him, I was like, okay, there you go. That made that everything's right now. <laughs> Legit. Like when I was watching that fight, I was like, man, Vandera's gonna do it. He's gonna he's gonna knock him out. He's been he's been piecing him up up, up to this point. Um, it's only a matter of time. And then of course they end up on the ground. And it was literally like a matter of 40 seconds until he, he was able to wrap up that uh, scarf hold uh, choke. I was losing my shit. I'm like, they let him do it again. That's, that's literally what I was screaming. I'm like, they let him do it again. Um, he's the man, man. I don't, I don't care. It's so funny how every time he fights lately, they're talking about how he's probably going to retire soon because he's tired of it. Um, and then right after the fight, he, they ask him how much longer he thinks he's going to go for. And he's like, oh, maybe another 10 years. <laughs> this is heavy, so dead. Jesus. Yeah, the dude is. I crazy. mean, yeah. Yeah, especially that lower part of the division. Like, he's still doing well. He's a nice guy, too. Uh, you saw you caught the stuff in the backstage where he was teaching him how to do EQ. Yeah, that dude. was really cool. That was so cool. Yeah, legit. Mm -hmm. And, and I saw an interview, too, where they were asking him, like, why do you feel comfortable showing people your techniques? Like, obviously, they, you don't want them. And then he was like, because, like, I've worked on it for many, many years. Like, it's going to take them years to get to my level, basically. <laughs> so they're not going to be able to catch me with it. That's what he was saying, which I found hilarious. Um, and, yeah, it's true. Smart shit. Smart shit. Even with the, even with the gi, like training in a gi, to hit an Ezekiel is hard. So to, to be able to get it, no gi is like insane, bro. So um, intricate. Yeah, exactly. And and the way you gotta lock it up, and and even like you see, he uses his his chin as well. Like it's not just the like arms. Little, yeah. Exactly. It's crazy. It's, I I love that guy, man. No, no matter what, I'm always gonna be rooting for him, even though like most of the time I'm gonna fade him. Uh, I, I'm rooting for him. So next up, I, I thought this finish was crazy too. Mike Malott versus Mickey Gall. Uh, coming in, I, I was saying it all week. I was like, no matter what, I'm fading Mickey Gall. Like, I, I don't care who he's fighting. I don't care if they're from Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. Like, I'm not picking uh, Mickey Gall as a favorite ever. 
And um, it's funny because he was actually looking like he was on his way to a win until uh, that right shot landed and just put him out. Oh, yeah, dude. He looked super game. And then he just got busted up. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> pain. <laughs> All cool. I know is pain. Yeah, literally. All I know is pain. The way he dropped, mm. too. I'm like, did, did he get fucking sniped? Because, like, literally, I was, I was actually, uh, full disclosure, I was driving around that day. I was going to take um, my family back home from the airport. So I was watching the fight earlier, like whenever I could catch it, obviously, because I'm driving. Um, and I'm like, yeah, uh, Mickey Gall's winning this. And then I look up again and the fight's over. And Mickey Gall's on the ground. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? It was crazy. That's the worst. I was like, oh, he's, he looks pretty game right now. Like he's really trying to like get him. And then, you know, <laughs> right when it happens he gets fucked up I was like oh alright <laughs> legit crazy it was fun though it was a fun fight um, I hope that uh, Mike Bellate would get some serious like traction after this because I feel like everyone's going to be all eyes on him I would say for, you, for everybody betting out there like keep an eye out because he might end up being a, a big favorite in his next fight uh, whether or not it's deserved uh, because of this win but um, where do you feel like Mickey Gall goes from here? Because, I mean, all everything pointed to this being a winnable fight, and it was it was a pretty bad L. See, I feel like if it's not – if he's not getting cut, he has to go like someone like – it has to be another debut guy just because if they're trying to build – they're probably going to use his name to build off other people, you know, because I think that's what they were doing with this guy. Like Mike Malat. And that was like a really emphatic win already, you know, in his debut. Mm -hmm. So I think if he doesn't get cut, he fights another debut guy. Maybe it might be winnable, maybe not, but we'll see. For sure. Yeah, something that stood out to me, obviously, they were both fighting on the same card. I was like, why not give him Darian Weeks? Darian Weeks just lost to Ian Gary. It was a close fight, mm -hmm. closer than people thought. Um, why not? I, I thought Weeks looked really good. Like when I was watching it, I when they announced the decision, I was surprised. I was like, I thought from what I saw that Weeks was winning. Um, so I, I think that'll be a good potential matchup, uh, a winnable one as well. Not not the crazy end of the division, but if you're if you can't beat someone at that level respectfully, uh, you don't belong in the UFC, in my opinion. So I, I think that'll be a good sort of winner go home match between those two. Super true. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh -oh. So what do you think about Ian Gary? I got to ask before we move on to this main card. Dude, I, I like him because I do like pods of energy and all that stuff. But the way he's doing it, the way he's kind of really trying to, this is going to sound bad, but he's, gonna, he's, he's like trying to piggyback off of like Connor and like all that stuff. Like, I don't like the recycled lines. I hate it. Like MMA Twitter does it all the time, but I'm like, like, guys, like, you guys got to come up with your own promos. Like, you can't just keep recycling old lines. Like, sure, like, nostalgia is great, but it hasn't even been that long since you said it, you know? Like, you have to, like, come up with your own material. Like, you can't, because then people now are going to, like, now they're always, like, shitting on him now. Like, like oh, he's, like, he's corny, like, blah, blah, I hope he loses. I like him. Like, I like his style. Like, this was a smart fight. Um I think from what I from what I was seeing, because I was kind of like like in and out too. Like I was also driving, <laughs> but um, yeah, like it seemed like he was just playing the smart fight the whole time, you know. Like maybe like lean more into that, and just be like, 
it's like, oh, I'm still the best, you know, whatever, no one can touch me. But you got to, like, come up with more original things because I think that's what's kind of, like, you know, people aren't really feeling him is because it's the constant, like, reiterations of, like, you know, Irish fighters. <laughs> come on. A hundred percent, dude. And the funniest part about it is he's like, he's like, there's no one in the game that talks better than me than Connor. And I'm like, bro, like you're just using his, you're just using his shit. And and every time you speak besides that, like you, you suck the charisma out of the room, like respectfully. I, I I'm a fan of the skills for the most part. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. tend to think I actually am higher on him after the week's fight because I was able to watch it back mm. when I finally was home. I felt like it was a really good performance, measured performance, much improved, especially on the feet than against Jordan Williams, where he actually took a lot of shots and was, was bleeding towards the end of the um, first. Um, he was much more measured, was able to keep it sort of in hand, even when he was losing at first, and then just come back strong and, and close it out well. I think his skills are there and, and they're apparent. Uh, but like you said, man, it's just like, do your thing. I get I get what you're trying to do, and it's very commendable. I'm sure there's a lot of people that like him for it. But at the same time, it's like, just be yourself. It's yeah. it's so much, <laughs> so much harder to try to be someone else. Just be yourself, and whatever comes out will come out, and people will like you for it or not. Like, that's just how shit works. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, people like authenticity, and, like, every time you do, like, all that, Fucking like recycled bullshit. It's like okay, like I don't, like I don't really care. Like I've already seen this before with someone who's more impressive, you know. Like, well, like I, I can't see, really like... trust you exactly. Like yeah, I yeah, can't exactly. trust that what you're saying is like legit. Yeah. Uh, so and the funniest aspect about it for me too is like, it's not just the the Connor vibe of it. It's also like, mm. <laughs> like he's trying hard to have that bravado in a way that I feel like it isn't really his personality. Like just, just, yeah. just be yourself, dude. You seem like a funny, cool guy in general. Just be yourself. I mean, you got a dime piece of a Seriously. wife. You're doing something right. You know what I'm saying? Like you're doing something right, bro. So just be yourself, man. You you love to see it. But I I think skills wise, I'm actually higher on his career now after the weeks fight than I was off of the Jordan Williams fight. I was on this show and I was like, dude, I don't care who he faces after this. Like I'm betting against him because as soon as he gets a step up, it's going to come to bite him. And I'm not so sure about that now. I think being able to fight measured and uh, stay behind the jab and even in a situation where you end up dropping around, he was really composed and came away for the better. So Ian Gary's one to look out for, uh, but get your shit together, young man. What, real quick, another thing that bothers me, uh, the, the most recycled line in UFC history is uh, Dana White, uh, 50 G's, baby. Like, there's nothing that pisses me off more. I'm I, Every time someone says it, I'm like, Yo, I hope you don't get a bonus. Like, I really hope they don't reward you for this shit. <laughs> because, oh, bro. Like, come on, man. Come on. Like, uh, I, I mean, there's creative, there's more creative way. Like, I don't know. That's why I always tell my friends this, like, because we watch MMA together. But you have to look at, like, if you really want, like, a good promo and, like, a good way to connect to the crowd, like, just watch, like, pro wrestling stuff because they're so good at it because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make you believe that, you know, not all of it's scripted or whatever. But you get good lines and you get good ways to, like, you know, figure out your words and stuff like that. Like, Ian Gary, his whole shtick right now, he feels like Connor's little brother, like, adopted little brother that, you know, doesn't acknowledge him that much, you know. It's just weird. 
So I just, I don't know. Heavy on the doesn't <laughs> acknowledge him. Like he only got the tweet once which yeah. is on, on his debut. And ever since it's just been silent. And, and he, every time he gets a chance, he's, he's talking about Connor. It's hilarious. Uh, but anyway, that's way more enough, uh, way more than enough time that he deserves on this show. Uh, let's move on to the to the best fights of the night, um, and in my opinion, the best fight of the entire night: uh, Hamza Chimaya versus Gilbert Burns. I, I'm just gonna give you the floor, man. Like, what did you think about that fight? Um, I think this was needed for both guys because it shows that Gilbert, like, even though he's, you know. Like people were kind of dragging on him for the Thompson fight, but um, it, it shows that he can still hang in there. Like in Kamzat, you know, vice versa too. Like coming from the bottom tier of the division, like respectfully, of course, big step up competition fight against like the number two, number three guy in the world, and then beating him and like still showing like he can put on an exciting fight, but he still is like you know developing. Like, it's really good. Like, I think he belongs up there. And Gilbert's still, like, I don't think Gilbert loses that much stock, you know. Yeah, sure, he loses against, like, kind of, like, uh, the hype. But at the same time, it's, like, he put on a really good fight. Um, I think he'll be back. Um, I would love to see them run it back. They have to run it back because that was just too entertaining for them not to do it. And comes, uh, I think his next performance, I'm hoping – is like like we were talking about the Gary, like we talked about with Patty Pimblet, like a more mature performance next time, just because you know he wants to go out there, he wants to smash everybody, but at the same time you want like you can do that while not taking that much damage, you know what I mean? For sure. But, yeah. How you feel about it? That's a very good point, and and for me, I I was. I think it's so funny the polar opposites between him and Ian Gary because he is truly himself in every sense of the word, um, and everyone loves him for it because he he has the Khabib broken English thing going on, um, and it adds to the mystique. I think I was someone that definitely am very high on him before the fight and even more so after the fight. Like I came in thinking, like most people, that he was going to get a quick finish and keep the train rolling. Um, but I honestly feel like you learn more, a lot more about him than you have in any of his fights in this fight. Uh, because like you said, like even when under duress and being put under pressure after getting dropped, all of that, you see that he's steady and he's going to keep coming forward. Even at times where you're like, dude, slow down <laughs> to like, slow down. He, he's still going after it and trying to, to sort of, um, put himself in a position to finish the fight. I think that's you can't ask more from a 27 year old prospect uh, being willing to keep going out there, even when it's against your best own interest in a way um, and just going after it like nothing but respect. I feel like that was definitely a fight of the year candidate and I, we're watching it back. That holds up like it's not just recency bias. That fight was awesome. Um, but I agree with you. I think moving forward, I hope they rematch in a five rounder. I think that's that's going to give us a lot of the answers that we need. Um, but it was it was so crazy seeing in the first round how he was able to drop Gilbert with that jab. It felt like uh, predetermined almost. Like once that happened, I was like, yeah, it's it's over. Like that's how it felt. Um, and the way Gilbert was able to turn the tide and look stronger throughout the fight. Usually, in my opinion, in against the upper echelon of the division before this fight. 
um, he would either cruise against certain guys, which when you can, you, you do it. I respect it. Or he, he sort of got gotten out of there early. Um, so the fact that he was able to sort of come on stronger after getting hurt early said a lot about his growth as well, uh, which was, I, I thought was really cool. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing both of their next fights. I'm pretty sure Hamza is going to end up fighting either uh, Colby or Kamaru. Like it has to be one of those two. Um, I hope it's Colby uh, just because I selfishly want to see him get his ass beat. Uh, but also because um, I think, I think he could use a little bit more time. Um, I, I think, I honestly think I still would pick Hamzat if he was to fight tomorrow today. Uh, but I think there, this fight against Gilbert showed that there's still a lot to, to be learned and still, a, still a lot to build off of. And in my opinion, you don't want to rush a guy like that when you could right. probably end up with a champion that's going to be there for many years. So, uh, exciting stuff all around. Like I, I didn't, I didn't think I would come into that fight, uh, with an even more respect for his ceiling. Like, I think he's shown that he's very, very raw in a lot of areas of the standup um, and the pressure, especially. Uh, but if you're, if you're able to build off of that with how raw he is now, you beat the number two guy in the world and this is your biggest step up. Like, dude, that that's a great starting point for anybody. Um, the fact that that's where you're starting is crazy. Uh, so just excited uh, for his future. I'm pretty sure he ends up wearing that belt one day. Yeah, man. Like, honestly, that jab was just perfect. Like, I remember playing it like three different times because I was like, this is the perfect jab. Like, I mean, I'm not like, you know, a striker in any means, but just like seeing that was just beautiful. And honestly, yeah, shout out to his coaches because like they really like laid into him, like saying like, you have to stop trying to like, take his head off like you have to start throwing straight punches you have to wrestle more and like and good on him for like not letting his pride take over and you like really listen and I think that's like a good he has a good team built around him which he needs because you know you see guys all the time like they, they just don't listen like it's like it's hard because you hear the corner work and you feel like, oh, like, you know, like even as a casual fan, you're like, oh, yeah, that, that'd probably be a good idea. And then they don't do it. And it's like, <laughs> it, it, it hurts. Like, it hurts. It's like, dude, like, your coach is like, I mean, I've experienced it in wrestling matches where I wasn't listening to my coaches. But, you know, like, and then it bites me in the ass. But, like, when you listen to your coach, like, they want the best for you. You know, they see, they, they see on the outside what you can do better, you know. So, and the fact that he did that, made the adjustments, like, you know, in a three-round fight, like, that, that meant, the, you know, that meant everything. So, yeah, shout out to them. Yeah, I think that's one of the more underrated aspects of my fandom of MMA. Because everyone is quick to, like, write it off as, like, this bonehead, meathead sport. Uh, but there, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think the most fascinating parts of fights, in my opinion, is those in-between round moments where we get to see what their corner is telling them, how, how their demeanor is, and how they approach it. And I think they're that team specifically, they're very different with everyone. Like when, when they coach Gustafson, like they're big up in them. Like, like he needs a pep talk. Like they're like, you're doing great out there. Even if he's losing, like you're doing great out there. And you could tell that that's what he needs. And I think that, that with, with Hamzat, uh, they, they laid into him hard. Like they're like, hey, you need to get your shit together. Cause you're going to fucking lose. What are you basically. Doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I'm sure that's what he particularly responds to. 
uh, which I, it's funny. Whenever I have friends over, they're always like, why are you always like so serious about hearing the corner work? And I'm like, bro, because this could change the course of the fight. Like yeah, <laughs> and exactly. most of the time it does. Uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah, really good, really good shout on that. Uh, love to see that Andreas, Michael and those folks over there at All Stars. Uh, really mm -hmm. good team and really good approach to sort of wrangle him in there. Um, looking forward to seeing what happens next, man. Um, the hype train continues. So interesting times in welterweight. Uh, but next up, this, look, I was saying it all week too. I was like, if any of these fights ends with an upset, it's probably going to be Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yan. And the, I, I'm wishing I sprinkled some now because I, I, in hindsight, I had it right there. It was right there for me, but I didn't. Um, what, what did you think about that matchup and the way it was scored? Um, yes. Yeah, so I rewatched it. It's just funny. Cause it's just like, he has every right to talk shit now. So that's what I was thinking about while you were talking. Sorry. But, um, yeah. So I, when I rewatched it again, I, I specifically focused on the first round because I gave the last two rounds to Jan. I gave the second and third, obviously to the backpack, Aljamain Sterling, but the first round, I think. People kind of got it confused. Like for me, like I was like, oh, Jan's walking him down, but Aljamain's like kicking more and landing more in kind of a sense. Like it was kind of weird, you know? So, but I honestly gave the fight to Aljo, like the entire fight. Like, well, not the entire fight, but you know what I mean? Like the one, one to three to Aljo. And the last two, I think I was just kind of disappointed to see like Jan still try to wrestle with him. Like, I mean, he took his back and everything, whatever. Like he, I don't know, maybe that's like the, the wrestler part of him where he just like wants to get his points back. Mm -hmm. But he was having more success like on the feet, like near the later rounds. Like he was like tagging him a bit, you know, nothing like too crazy. But I know like if the more he landed, the like more consecutive hits, the more he could have like, you know, rallied to like maybe a finish. But, um, but seeing Aljo like, like he really was like none of that stuff was reasons like when people were like shitting on him like oh you got a surgery on your neck blah blah or you, like that's your neck man like that's your spine <laughs> you know it's like seeing him recover and like he looked a lot better like you know physically and like seeing him like just do that to him so to yawn i was just like whoa like dude like this is big like this is like now he's like the real champ like you know people are like people can't say shit now like i mean yeah sure it was a split decision but like if you look back at the fight, like, you know, if you score, like, I don't know how you guys score fights, but like how I scored it, it was definitely one through three. But, um, but yeah, like, I mean, it wasn't even like that terrible of a loss. I think John, I, th I don't think he should get a rematch right away. I think he should definitely fight someone else first and then let Aljo fight somebody new. For sure. That's a good show. And when I was watching it live, I thought Peter Jan won. Um, and that was me obviously in and out with things. Uh, but when I rewatched it, I agree with you hundred percent. I feel like if, if you're still scoring that fight for, uh, Peter Jan, you're biased like that. That's you just call it what it is, uh, way more active in the first round. I think you could count the strikes on one hand that Jan landed in the first round. Um, even though he was loading up big and the activity was there, um, it matters what lands, not, not what you're, not what you're attempting, um, and the, those body kicks were money in round one for Aljo, just constantly peppering and sort of resetting. And like you said, I think it was a tale of two, uh, of two fights almost like you, you saw Aljamain Sterling success. And then you saw Peter Yan coming on strong in the later rounds, like he always does. 
what I found really fascinating about it was like coming off of the first fight, I knew once the, the injury word came out that he was having those issues, um, that this was going to be a completely different fight just because I have a lot of respect for Aljo. Um, I'm a big fan of his. And I think the stuff that he's able to do in the grappling ranges is like impressive, like very, very impressive. If anyone, um, if you have trained before and you're not impressed by the, but the shit Aljo does, you've never rolled with someone that's freakishly strong. Cause you could tell for his size, he's one of those guys. Like he does shit that, um, most people can't pull off in, in those positions. Um, and I mean, we got to see the, the full comeback, like you said, like he really worked on himself, came back despite all the people talking shit on him um, and was able to pull it off and in a legit way, not in a, it, it was still controversial uh, because it, even with him winning that first round, it's still a close fight. Like I just tend to feel like if someone's winning the championship rounds in my head, and it, this doesn't count at all in the scoring system, but I feel like that counts more um, than the first three, in my opinion. Um, but that's not how it scored. So uh, you can't yeah. be mad with the, with the way that uh, the refs, I mean, the, the, the judges came away with it. It makes sense. Um, but I, I just have to look back on this and think like um, none of this would have ever happened if you just didn't throw that knee, like there wouldn't have been a rematch. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't have been put mm -hmm. in this position to lose this fight. Um, mm -hmm. Just so much in his career changed because of that decision. And I'm sure he's right. kicking himself for it. Uh, mm -hmm. But I'm sure he'll be back in a title fight in a matter of uh, a couple fights, in my opinion. He He's shown he's the, the sort of cream of the crop at that division. And I won't be uh, I won't be surprised at all if he ends up champ again someday. Yeah, man. Like, definitely. But, like, going back to what you said about, like, training, like, like Aljo being the wrestler he is, like, wrestler strength is real, man. Like, like I'll be grappling with my friends, and, like, they've never wrestled in their life. But, but they, they, like, I'm not that big. Like, I'm, like, I'm, like, more tubby, if anything. But, like, when I wrestle with my friends, they're like, dude, like, what the hell? Like, why do you feel, like, way heavier than, like, you are? Like, it's just how you – he knows top control. You know, when you know how to do top control, you can make someone miserable. Like but that, the one who's under you, like they're miserable. You let them carry your weight, and like with the backpack and everything, like little intricacies. Like when you watch him, like you know, do the body triangle, and he's putting his like behind Jan's leg. Like there's no way he's gonna get out, mm -hmm. you know. Especially like, it's, I think they were like a little bit dry too. So it's like, dude, like that's a fucking miserable position because he's squeezing on your diaphragm too while he's like fucking with you, and <laughs> pounding your <laughs> head in too. Uh, like hitting your head laughing in your ear is like that shit had me rolling i was like no not him laughing in his ear i'm like dude he must be pissed like trolling but, him dude and that's how it is man like i mean i kind of wish he didn't really troll back but at the same time it's like you know I, that good for him you know he he made he made everyone eat their words and i respect that a lot so i agree man he well-deserved victory well-deserved celebration um, I'm really excited to see what his championship run looks like. Like, I, I wonder who they're going to match him up with. Um, I know there was initially sort of the, the, the call out for Dillashaw. Now he, he also was calling out Aldo. Um, I want him to fight Aldo because I'm like, Aldo can become a two-time champion, please, in two different weight classes. Like, I, I think mm -hmm. if, if that happens where Aldo gets that fight and then he's somehow able to win, 
Like, I really believe that makes mm-hmm. him in your, like, you have to have him there in your greatest of all time conversations. I, I don't care oh, yeah, who he's sure. lost to. If he's able to do that at two different divisions and be as dominant mm-hmm. as he was in feather rate, um, it, it's so funny though because whenever we're talking, I feel like every time I hear people talk about Aljo's title run, they're like, "Well, who's gonna who's gonna take the belt off of him?" Like <laughs> that's that's what we care about the most. Um, so, and and I think that that sort of lies in the fact that there's no way to feel like in some way that Peter Yan is better than him just based off the first fight. Um, obviously the second fight is what matters because he's the champ now. Uh, but I will admit that the, my bias for that is, is coming from that idea. Like you can't sort of wipe that first fight out of your memory. Um, but I'm, I'm just excited to see what he looks like as a champion, whether he continues to, to grow in the way that he grew in between these two fights. And, um, who knows, man, I, I feel like he has the skills to be a dominant champion in this division. Um, I was uh, to this day. Um, Corey Sanhagen is one of my favorite fighters and the way he was able to dispatch him was crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Uh, he, nobody, nobody beats him like that. I mean, just do me a favor. If you've never seen it, you guys check out the Corey Sanhagen versus, um, why am I forgetting his name now? I just had it in my mind. Uh, Brazilian fella who has a, he has a brother as well that was in the UFC that was a much higher weight class than he is. Um, Alcantara is his last name. I'm trying to remember his first name. Oh, um, Yuri? Yes, Yuri. yes. Yes. So please, if you haven't seen that fight, watch it. Because <laughs> Corey Sanhagen got put through hell to win that fight. Like he was getting, he was wrapped up in an armbar attempt that looked like it was donezo at least four times. Mm-hmm. And as he's wrapped up in that uh, entanglement, uh, shout out to the Red Table Talk. He's getting fucking cracked in the eye uh, repeatedly, just hard hammer fists. And he was able to fight through all of that. After watching that, like Alcantara is legit on the ground. Um, so being able to survive that, I just assumed for the rest of his career, like nobody's ever going to like just run over him in the grappling. Right. And and that's exactly what Aljo did. So uh, the ceiling is very high for Aljamain, but in a way, mm-hmm. Uh, the floor is also very low. Like, I feel like between the Marlon Marais knockout, between the the Peter Yan first fight, like, we have so many images of him having bad moments in the octagon in our heads uh, that I can see this being either a long run or literally, like, he just held the belt for the next guy and he loses it his very next fight. Uh, so I'm really interested to see how it goes. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, that, that division is constantly growing too. So it's like, I'm really excited to see how it goes for him. I agree. Oh, yeah. Best division in, in the sport, if you ask me. Uh, but we can move on from that one now the, to the sadness. Just to, just to the pure sadness, man. Alexander Volkanovsky, I'm a huge fan of this guy. Uh, I just got to shout this out, by the way, because my girlfriend is Macedonian. Uh, Macedonian, even though he lives in... Um, and, and it sort of is the poster boy for um, UK, for the for MMA over there. That's where he's from. He's from Macedonia. So shout out, shout out to that. Uh, but just dominant. Like I'm I'm such a fan of Volkanovsky. And 
it burns me that Max Holloway is one of my favorite fighters uh, because it, it sort of takes away from my ability to appreciate his greatness because I'm always like, ah, oh, but Max should be the champ and he shouldn't be the champ. Uh, but at the end of the day, <laughs> I think this dude is historically great. Like in any division, the shit that he does, the way he's able to fight through adversity and, and be consistent. Like he's such a consistent fighter um, and that's one of the hardest things to do in, in fighting and in life in general. Uh, so Alexander Volkanovsky is that dude. If you were confused about it, uh, please wake yourself up. And I just can't wait for that trilogy, man. Yeah, man. That, oof. Yeah, I think just watching this fight with like Zombie, like you see like the levels already, like from his last fight, with Ortega and then he, he fights Zombie and like just how he just like like what he did to him was honestly fucked up like I'm just like I was I remember just being super upset because I, I was at a party and then I was drunk and I, I watched like the second round I'm like oh no I, I came in into the second round watching on my phone I was like how his face is that fucked up already at the second round like i'm like yeah he's gonna lose and i i just closed my phone because i was like i can't do this i can't watch him do it i can't watch him do this to my boy but <laughs> but i i wanted both to win like just because he's beat max twice um and i always want people who like beat my favorite fighters to do better also because <laughs> like oh see look 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 what he did to him but the what he did to zombie like everything like you can see all the improvements uh, Volk made just like his distance management too, which was like surprising. I was like, how the hell did he like get that good at distance management that fast? And just like hitting him and even like still like being nice to him, like like are you sure you want to keep doing this, ball? Like I don't know. <laughs> that was, was like, so fucked up. Dude. It's dude, like you sure? <laughs> are you sure? I'm gonna fuck you up, you know. That? And then, dude, like. I, I, I forgot where I read it, but I think it was a, like a tweet, like, oh, oh no, he was, it was during the interview, like, some reporter was saying, like, oh, yeah, he kind of almost rallied in the second round. I'm like, rallied? Bro, he only landed, like, one punch in that little flurry he had, and then he got cracked. <laughs> like, over what? and over like, again. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, come on, man. Like, like, I love Zombie, like, and that post-fight, like, interview was super sad for me because, you know, I grew up watching him, too, like, his fights with Garcia, and like you know it freaking oh my god but seeing Volk like seeing him do that to him and seeing that he's been more active it makes me worried for the fight the rematch with Max just because he's been doing more but at the same time like Max has like surprises you know like all the like like the zoom zoom practices or whatever you know like he's hitting he looked way better in the second fight with Volk so I'm like I, I don't know now. Like, it's like a toss-up now for me again. For sure. And that just makes it more exciting. I think he is at mm -hmm. that level, though, with guys like Demetrius Johnson, guys like John Jones, where you don't have to win in order for people to think you won. Like, anybody, anyone that has relative success against these guys, even if it's in a very brief window, people come away from that round like, oh, he lost that round. And it's like, dude, <laughs> just because he did something good to him in a period of time doesn't mean that he lost the whole round. Um, and, mm -hmm. and one thing that I noticed, too, that it goes along with what you were saying, the way he's able to land that one-two coming forward and going backwards against guys who are taller than him 
is is fucking nuts. Like that shit is hard to do. And and he fights mm-hmm. like a guy who has reach advantage against people who are bigger than him. And and that's like it's so hard to do that, even when you have the the physical advantages, and he doesn't. Uh, so just super impressed by him, like you said. I think that 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 third fight looks even closer than it did. Um, sort of looking back on it, I feel like a lot of people said that the first fight was super close. I think I was able to unbiasedly say, you know, Volkanovski got that one. The second fight is the one where I think Max has a true case. Um, and, and I honestly still believe to this day that Max won that fight. Um, but we got, we got to, it's only right, man. You, you got to run it back. I know, I know Volk was actually talking about fighting the 155 pound champion. I think that'll be fun too. Whoever wins in two weeks. Um, I, I think that'll be a great fight, but at the same time, I would much rather see, uh, the, the third fight with, um, Holloway than that. Just because it's it's not like it's just them two like that's it mm-hmm. like it's Chris it's them like Alex Max everybody else <laughs> like it's, like there's no way like they're gonna keep fighting forever like that's how it's gonna be like because if if it's this close all the time like we need like a, a statement like we need like an established thing because like right now like I'm leaning I love Max obviously like fucking being in Hawaii but. Like seeing Volk, like this, I, I'm like super worried, like how the third fight's gonna go. But it's only them two right now, you know. Yeah. And like, I would love to see. And like, if they rematch, uh, Volk wins, whoever, whatever, then yeah, sure, move up. Because then this the division needs to sort themselves out. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's talking to the rest of the division because I know he can't really talk about Max that way because like Max has gave him like the toughest two fights he's had, you know. And he's so, beat so other like, up-and-comers, too. It's not like he's just mm-hmm. sitting, waiting for a rematch. He he beat the two of the guys that you could consider up next, so. Exactly. That's why it's wild to me, but, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Hell, yeah. <laughs> it's it's rare that you have um, one person that you could sort of consider an all-time great in the division. The fact that mm-hmm. there's two, and, and we get to see them fight each other multiple times is fucking awesome. Like, I think... Many years from now, we'll look back at this time period and realize just how phenomenal it was versus understanding the moment when we're in it. Like, I feel like this is going to be something that people look back at and they're like, bro, so you're telling me Aldo, Volkanovski and Holloway were there like in the same time frame? Like, it's nuts. Um, But uh, with the way everything's playing out, I agree. Um, You sort of have to favor Volkanovski. Uh, but I'm going to be rooting for Max. <laughs> no matter what, I'm going to be losing my shit for Max. But uh, I'm yeah, super excited yeah. to check that one out. But uh, I think we're good to move on from there. Um, we could go mm-hmm. to the Bala Muhammad uh, Vicente Luque card now. Um, something that I think is important to mention for this fight card and the next. Um, I, there's just been so much weird shit with the officiating, man. Like fouls that were blatant, obvious as fuck. Um, and for some reason, instead of giving them the DQ, uh, two fights on this card went to decision off of uh, illegal blows. Like, what the fuck? Disqualify the guy. It's illegal for a reason. What the fuck? Um, but we won't take too much time talking about that. Why don't we get started with that Andre Fialo versus uh, Miguel Baeza fight? Dude, 
dude, I did not expect that at all. Uh, <laughs> me neither, man. <laughs> I was very heartbroken watching that shit. Cause oh man. Yeah, what'd you think about it? I want to know what you yeah. think about it. So I actually been following Andre Fialo's career for a while, like even outside of uh the UFC before he came in. Um, XMMA, I used to watch him fight. Uh, this dude was destroying dudes. Like he, I don't know if you remember James Vick. He he fucked up James Vick and put him into retirement. Like uh, James Vick after that fight retired from MMA and started doing boxing. Um, he that, yeah. fucked him up. Uh, please, if you haven't seen that, watch it. <laughs> I'm not even saying that just to make fun of him. Like he knocked him out like multiple times in that fight. <laughs> it was Ooh. crazy. Um, so his power was never to be questioned. Uh, but at the same mm -hmm. time, I just felt like the issue was always like fight IQ, especially against someone like Baeza. I thought with the way the, the previous fight um, went, I I'm forgetting this guy's name now, but uh, he, he sort of followed him around the cage the whole fight and ended up yeah. sort of losing because of that. And I thought Baeza had the same tools to sort of follow that same game plan, uh, but just got cracked early and he gave him no way to recover just swarmed on him huge power like you could tell he he got hit with some shit like like his head <laughs> his head like his head snapped and the way he fell like it, it uh. got cracked like with a very good shot so um i'm a fan of fialo's i have been for a while he has huge mm. power in the hands but it's heartbreaking to watch man uh miguel baeza is also one of my guys and um, I did not think that it would end that way at all. Oh, it's Pereira, right? Yes, Pereira. yes, Michelle Pereira. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So I remember watching that fight. I'm like, oh wow, like Michelle's actually getting kind of pieced up here. <laughs> like, like I like I like Fial. Like I'm like a big like I wouldn't say big boxing fan, but like the like the style of boxing and like the way that. Fiala moves and like the way he punches and everything like that it's really good that's why I remember tweeting it out and saying like I think Baeza, Baeza has a chance if he stays on the outside like doesn't go in the pocket with him doesn't try any shit with him like there but then the fact that it happened so early like oh okay, it didn't even matter like so I was like fuck like I remember being super upset because like dude this guy takes him so like he takes his losses so hard which is understandable for an athlete but like he always apologized after and I'm like dude like come on, man, like, you don't know how to apologize, you got caught, like, it's okay, like, and, dude, it was, it was really rough, because, like, other than, like, Andre winning, like, such a great fight, and, like, how he won, too, so emphatically, um, seeing Miguel just, like, beat himself up, and, like, I think he just needs to, like, take a step back, just, like, kind of, like, go through, like, a sport, like, a sports psychologist or something, take a break, recover, you know, because, like, Something's something's not working, but I don't think it's his skills. I think it's just like you know, like up here, you know. Mm -hmm. And it, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it was depressing to watch. <laughs> like I'm like, damn. For sure, man. He's super hard on himself, like you said, and like apologizing to people, like as if he let them down. And it's like, dude, like you always like he's always one of those guys that fights for for your money like if you bet on him he's a guy that you you're gonna count on the fact that he's out there trying to win the fight like he's not trying to avoid the fight uh but i agree i think that's something that the next development of his game is being able to pick his spots of aggression instead of just sort of uh wanting to stay in that pocket and find a way to to constantly be in the action i get 
that it serves you and the way you fight to be like that. Uh, but at the same time, um, every single time he's gotten in trouble, it's been in fights where you see he has the superior skills. Um, even against Chaos Williams, like he was dominating that fight on the outside and then he just got caught. So um, just felt like another one of those situations. Like you said, I think he's going to come back stronger than this. I don't think he's going to have the uh, the Eric Silva career path where he just gets figured out and then just gets knocked out over and over again. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but I agree. I think take take time off. Take time off. Just work on your skills because you already have them. You've shown that you can fight that outside style as well as fight the inside style. It's about knowing how to pick your spots. And it's much easier for, for me and you to say that uh, than to actually make that happen on fight night. So just take the time, dude. Take the time away. You're Everyone already knows you're in the upper echelon of that division. And I'm sure he'll come back stronger for sure. Yeah, man. I'm excited to see where Fialo goes too, though. Because no matter who he fights... Um, you know what you're in for. <laughs> exactly. You know, you know he's coming after you. So uh exciting stuff. Uh real quick, I just gotta we won't take too long on this fight, but Bilal Muhammad Vicente Luque, I did not think in any world that Bilal Muhammad was gonna be able to win this fight. So when I was watching it, yeah, like I and that's because I'm such yeah. a big fan of Luque. Um and and as I'm watching it. I was just kind of like waiting for the moment that he gets cracked. And it happened a, a, a very good amount of times, actually, where mm -hmm. you, you think like this is the moment where the tide's going to start turning. And Bilal just shows, man, like I think his growth has been very, very real. Um, it almost makes me wish that we would have been able to see how that Leon Edwards would fight would have played out without the eye poke. Cause I feel like he would have gave him some trouble, especially in those later rounds. Um, just the grappling dominance like that guy clearly um has a motor that that can go all damn day and he's very physically strong and that's something that i think he's worked on in his career which is a big testament to the kind of worker he is and the fact that he was like fasting for ramadan like i'm actually um this is the first year that i'm celebrating ramadan i'm fasting as well so mm -hmm. The fact that he and, and I go to kickboxing twice a week, this man's preparing for a fucking fight like that shit is hard for me. And, and it's very what I'm doing compared to he, what he's doing is nothing. So uh, much respect. Um, just a, a fan of Bilal Muhammad's. But at the same time, I think he's on the short list of guys that you look at like, are you on something? <laughs> Like, are you on something? Because this this doesn't add up. <laughs> I was hoping you'd bring that up, honestly. Just because, like, I was going to mention, like, because physically, he looks a lot different. Like, he looks fucking yoked, bro. Like, like mm -hmm. holy shit. And, like, seeing him, like, do that shit to Luke, I was like, like, you see their body types. You compare it because they, when they do the stare down and stuff, I'm like, yeah, he looks fucking way jack like compared to like okay like and the fact that he did all that stuff and like like just like holding him down and everything i was like this makes sense he's fucking huge like it's like what's he gonna do you know <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh my god dude it's crazy. that was a crazy fight yeah it was just crazy just to see him do that and like oh man i don't know man that was super weird yeah especially but, after the the michael chiesa fight like i thought that was what was gonna happen against chiesa 
Like I picked Kiesa in that one because I just assumed that even looking at both of them, like if you look at Kiesa and Bilal, you'll probably be, be more willing to say that Kiesa is going to be the one that's able to do that. Uh, so just just the, with the way his career progressed, uh, I, you got to give him the side eye a little bit. Um, so I, I'm, I'm interested to see what how that narrative plays out throughout his career, because uh, I don't think he ends up like fighting for a title. Like, I don't, I don't think he has um, the appeal that'll that'll make them rush him into a title fight like he'll have to beat someone like Hamzat in order to get that shot and you don't even want you don't even want to be in that position if you're Bilal uh like you want to you want to be able to get one more win and then be like hey I already earned it and just wait for it Mm -hmm. like I feel like that's what he should do that's his best path uh because for some reason I just feel like charisma wise I don't think the UFC wants to see him in that spot uh, but mm-hmm. skill wise, just bis- based on the way he's grown, like it's undeniable, like he's on that level and he should be considered a, a top contender for sure. Yeah, they're definitely going to make him work. I think, yeah, the markability, it's a little bit suspect. Like they don't, you don't know like what they're going to do with him in terms of that. Um, I personally like him. Uh, I know some people have like, like he, he, he kind of has like that thing where it's like, oh, like not that charismatic, but um, I just like like people who are genuine. So I think that's why I kind of lean towards him, but I definitely see like, in terms of like how you would market a fight, like he doesn't really fit that description, you know? So I hope something changes along the way. Um, I I know he's probably gonna have like one or two more fights before like they even consider that like title picture shot. So yeah. Yeah, man. Exciting stuff, though, either way. Um, it's always good to watch fighters grow. Like, because <laughs> watching watching the sport for so long, you know this too. Like, that's not a guarantee. Like, just because just you're here at this level, it's not a guarantee that you could sort of improve. And, and you could be very, very good. Uh, but if you're not improving, um, over time, you sort of see certain people fall out of the UFC because of that um, sure. and his ability to improve in a big way, I think is a testament to what he's doing. Keep doing it. Uh, but I don't know. I, he's, if there's anyone that I look at and I'm like, I'm looking at their, the way they looked before. And then I'm looking at the way they look now. I'm like my boy Bilal. I don't know. You might, you might be off that special stuff. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but int- him and Usman might be the most juicy uh, fight in the welterweight division right now. <laughs> So who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, but with that, we'll move on to this weekend's card. I'm not going to lie. This card was fucking crazy, bro. Like, <laughs> this card was lit. Like, and it's always, these, it's always these cards where everyone is counting it out, where it ends up being like this, just super entertaining from the first fight. Uh, so why don't we start at the first fight? Uh, Mike Jackson. Dean Barry, please. I want. I want to hear what your thoughts are on this one because this is this is fucking hilarious to me. This fight was so weird. Like seeing Mike Jackson back in the UFC after being cut for all that shit he was doing in the CM Punk fight. The CM Punk fight, by the way, y'all. Like and then seeing like I I like Dean Barry. Like he has good skills and like he was just making like those mistakes that it, it happens. You know, like. But the fact that it kept happening was like kind of like shit, man. Like, damn, 
he might get disqualified now. Like, and then the fact that he did, Mike Jackson with the comments here was just hilarious. I'm like, dude, like he's gonna get in trouble because he's cussing too damn much. <laughs> that whole the whole clip where he's just like, oh motherfucker, kick me in the dick. Like <laughs> I couldn't, like, I feel I feel terrible laughing because it's like He's in pain, and Dean's like, I would just want to fucking fight in the OC, and like the one chance he gets, like the the, the fucking debut fight he gets, he fucking loses by disqualification. But um, honestly, I think he'd come back. Mike Jack, I I would just keep him because that's hilarious. Like that, like all the shit he was saying, like the man knows how to talk. So, and this is his first win, I think, right? Like his no no second, second win, yeah, his second, second. win. He's 2-0-1, oh, so he's undefeated in the UFC. Yeah, dude, it was just so fucking wild to me. And then Dean Barry, yeah, fucking heartbreaking. Like, I remember just telling, like, like, retweeting him and saying, like, dude, like, don't even worry about it. It happens. It sucks. You don't make a mistake. But, like, he feeds into, like, the trolls. And I'm just like, dude, don't even worry about those guys because those guys are just trying to bully you because you're living your dream and they're just – trying to make you feel as well as they do like i think more fighters need to like understand social media presence and like knowing like hey like i'm in the ufc like why the fuck do i care about people i don't even know like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter you know like just don't worry about you know we'll worry about the people that you actually care about Tiki, you know for sure so that's just me that's a very good but, point 100 percent and and what I found hilarious about this fight, and I'm glad that you didn't you didn't touch on it because I I just feel like this is so, it's so funny to me, the the way that the progression of madness, like Mike Jackson was getting his ass beat in every altercation of this fight, you could argue before the final foul that they could have stopped it before he even got fouled, like he was getting mm-hmm. beat up, um. Almost like you're you're looking at the ref, like what what else is there left to prove, dude? Like, <laughs> like he's he's already like fucked him up bad. Like it's almost like I don't know if you remember this fight, the um Clay Guida versus Leo Santos fight, where it's like, dude, the fight was Ooh, over. Yeah, like oh. you you shouldn't have even gave him the chance oh. to have that comeback because the fight was over, and then That's they end up. up coming back. Like I felt like that was in store for us if the if the DQ didn't happen just because of how bad <laughs> he was beating his ass. Like he was really fucking Mike Jackson up um, mm-hmm. to, to the point where I felt like he was just trying to withstand the storm to come back better mm-hmm. in the second. Um, but I agree, man, like character wise, you love it. Like both times, both fouls, the the dick kick first, and then finally the eye poke, uh, he just commentating the whole time, like just talking through it the whole time. Um, <laughs> he's hilarious. And I, I'm pretty sure they'll bring him back and, and do the same thing where clearly they're trying to see him get crucified against the upcoming prospect. And who knows, maybe another uh, more fuckery is afoot. Uh, but I don't know. I'm, I'm a fan of, of Dean Barry. I think, like you said, he he's shown why he's there. He showed that, he, he could put it on people. Um, it's a matter of that, if whether or not that's sustainable. And I think that we'll see that in whoever he ends up fighting next. Um, but the reason why I was so like in love with this fight, because I'm like, this is MMA. Like th- this is the most MMA fight that I've seen in a while. Just because <laughs> you got all, you got it all. You saw someone getting their ass beat. You saw an imminent finish 
where you're 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 begging the ref to stop it and they're not and then you saw the fouls and not just one foul multiple fouls um and 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 the the stupidest part about it is usually after these fouls they'll break them up and then they'll give them a warning it's never a point it's just a warning um, and I thought that was what was going to happen again, but because he couldn't continue, obviously, um, they, they did the right thing. Usually they don't. Usually they, they make it a no contest or they make it, uh, which makes no sense. You did something illegal. Um, and that eye poke was one of the nastiest ones I've seen. Like uh, the only one I could remember that's remotely on the same level um, was Ling, <laughs> Li Jingliang versus uh, Jake Matthews, where he tried to get out the guillotine by jamming his fingers into his fucking eye uh it was that brutal like i i don't think dean barry did it on purpose in in any way um Mm -hmm. but it was a bad eye poke like his finger was this deep into the dude's eye like you gotta call it a dq um and i'm glad they finally got that fucking call right Mm -hmm. crazy fight though yeah wait we've talked about it for way too long um, this fight, yeah, I'm not going to say much about it except for saying, like, Felipe Linz is good, man. Like, please, if you haven't watched that fight, watch it. His fight with Procneo was really close. That Procneo had his moments. He made it very close, cut him, kept in the fight, even when it felt like he was close to getting finished. Uh, but Linz is very, very good. And, of course, we've seen him get knocked out, so a lot of people write guys like that off. Uh, but he has the total package skill-wise, and that's hard to find at heavyweight. There's not many heavyweights that can mix it up. Uh, so keep an eye out for Felipe Linz uh, moving forward. And let's get into the more fun ones, though, because there, there were some more fun ones on this card. Um, <clears throat> I, I want to start with Tyson Pedro. Tyson Pedro versus Ike Villanueva. Um, mm. I've always been a fan of Tyson Pedro. But what surprised me in this one wasn't only the fact that obviously he's coming off of a bunch of injuries. Physically, he was in better shape than I've ever seen him. He was super, super svelte. I've never seen him that skinny in his career. Like he he clearly put the work in coming into this fight and just was dominant, like in a way that we've never seen on the feet. Uh, calculated, doing a, a very good job, peppering him, him up with leg kicks. And then coming back up top to damage him once he sort of uh, busted the tires off the off the car, so to speak. Uh, just a great performance by Tyson Pedro, and really reaffirmed what I've already felt, which is like he's a he's a prospect in that division for sure. Oh yeah, man! Like that's rough, man. Four years away, right? And then just and that was a good opponent too. Like uh, Hurricane Ike's not anything to deal with, you know. Like, but. That was just perfect. Like his game plan, everything, just like fucking up his leg. And you can see, and he's been working with Eugene Behrman too. So you kind of see that like shade of style, like in that city kickboxing camp, like everything he was doing, like his like one, two was very crisp uh, framing, just everything like that. Like, like he really came back and showed like, oh, hey, like I know I've been gone, but I'm back now and I'm ready to make a statement. So that was definitely the performance he needed. And that was, like when his leg gave out, like I I love doing the wave too, but like when his leg gave out, I was like, oh yeah, no, that shit's done. And then he fucking hits him in the face, and he he his arms dropped. I'm like, god damn, like Jesus Christ, like that was like 
so unnecessarily violent, but it was great. Like that's what you know. You you had to need to make that statement, you know. So one of one of my favorite J Cole songs back in the day. Uh, he starts it by going, he's like, it's like a storytelling song, obviously. He's like, mama, I just killed a man. Like, my body's still trembling. Could you just feel my hand? I, and that's literally what I was hearing when when that finish happened, dude, because I agree. It was so, it was so brutal, like, uh, unnecessarily, like, the, the finishing shots, uh, it was it was over already before he even landed those punches and the fact that you stiffened them up on the floor as well, like, damn, dude. Um, but what was the most impressive to me was we always knew him to be a prospect but because of his grappling and for him to look like that and not use his grappling at all and just be dominant um the dude is the full package now and it took that time off to make that happen so of course it's hard to see the silver linings of things when you're going through it and trust me four years that man went through it and came came out the other side a much better fighter for it. So kudos to him. Uh, crazy, crazy performance. And like you said, it's sad to see I go out like that because I feel like now that's probably his last fight in the UFC. But I'm a fan of his as well. I think there's a lot of people in that division that see him fight and are probably like, yeah, I, I'll fuck that dude up. <laughs> and then and then it comes to day to fight him. And <laughs> And Ike is really putting him on, putting it on them towards the end of the second. So um, I think there's a lot of guys that he could still beat in that division. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that's probably going to be his last one in the UFC, which sucks. Yeah. But I agree. it's only right we move on to what I think was the best fight of the goddamn night, dude. Sergey, good luck saying this shit. Handoshko versus Dwight Grant. Uh, I'm a fan of Dwight Grant. Obviously, I live in New York. He's from Queens. So every time uh, he's fighting, I'm always sort of rooting for him because of that connection. And both of these dudes came out ready to fucking scrap. Like, th this fight was awesome. From the get, both of these dudes, multiple times in multiple rounds, they hurt each other. Like, it wasn't like one guy was was hurting one guy and then the next round no every round both of these guys got hurt and, and that's what made this fight so awesome it was just a crazy back and back and forth barn burner uh that ended with a really really nice um finish for sergey handosko he was also coming off of injury so being able to prevail in that way, but it, it was heartbreaking to see Dwight Grant go out like that after having so much success and almost knocking him out himself, you know? Yeah, that was rough. But I think you need these kind of fights and you need these to like really like establish where the division's going. Um, so definitely a great win. Um, I like Dwight Grant too. But uh, yeah, so we'll see how that ends up going moving forward. For sure. Mark Andre Barrio versus uh, Jordan Wright. I, I love Jordan Wright. I always was wishing for him to do much better uh, because of mm -hmm. how he absolutely butchered Ike Villanueva. Speaking of Ike, uh, poor, poor Ike is on a lot of dudes' highlight reels uh, in the UFC. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the more uh, sort of tactical destructions that I've seen in that division. Like he really put it on Ike so ever since that moment I was always like hey I'm high on this guy like regardless of his downfalls he has good upside because of the way he fights and I just feel like he just can't seem to put it together awesome 
awesome guillotine finish for Mark Andre Barrio, who's not known for being a finisher. Uh, so a sort of new wrinkle to his game, along with the sort of grind him out, drag him out style. Uh, and it was a really nice finish. Like the way he um, stuck through with it, obviously, when they got to the ground and then mm-hmm. it was able to roll him through to end up on in, in sort of a mounted guillotine position. Once you're once you're in that that spot, <laughs> it's very hard to get out of those chokes. And he just did a very good job progressing through it. I mean, when you start a choke on your back and being slammed, like he slammed into him to try to get out of it. He was able to hold on to it through falling on the ground. And then after some time establishing the choke to roll him over into to, to the mount, like that's beautiful, man. That He clearly has been working that and it, it all paid off. So awesome submission there from Marc-Andre Barrio. Yeah, that shit was wild. I was like, <laughs> my my girlfriend said this while we were watching the face. Like, she was looking at Jordan Ryan. She's like, this guy doesn't look like he's a fighter. I'm like, why? What do you think? He looks like he doesn't want to be there. I'm like, what? <laughs> then, like, I was thinking in my head, like, yeah, he looks like he works out of Lowe's. But then, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, oh man, dude. But yeah, but honestly, that whole like, you you can see the difference. Like, one looks like a baby face, but no, uh, Mark Andre, man, like that. That was just smart, like. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why people like to slam into submissions because they think they're gonna let go. But I think kind of at this level, they're kind of used to that because they know how to take a fall. Because then you kind of push yourself back into it, and then using that momentum, he used that to get the mounted guillotine, and like that just looks super tight. And I was just like, yeah, I don't think he's gonna get out of it. Like at one point when he was pushing on his face, I was like, okay, maybe he has a chance. And then like. It got tighter. I was like, oh no. <laughs> so I was like, no, it's over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, oh shit. That dude hits hard though. Like it's one of those things where I won't be surprised if he gets cut and then ends up back in the UFC later on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just because he he is really good. Like he has very good skills on the feet. I think, and they said this on the commentary as well. I think where he gets himself in trouble is sometimes where he wants to be in the clinch. Uh, sort of opens up his opponents to cracking them. Um, and right. he always wants to end up in that plum and mean guys and then ends up getting cracked for it. So I think some retooling is needed. I think maybe even a camp change, because even though I like Jackson Wink a lot, I just feel like in today's MMA and day and age, they're, they ha- they're not the camp that they used to be. Yeah. Um, so I think finding somewhere else, retooling a little bit i think i think we could see jordan wright do well in the ufc uh but mm-hmm. we're ways away from that so i i'm pretty sure this is probably going to be his last fight in the ufc too um but i i wouldn't mind seeing him again like i said i'm a fan even if mm-hmm. outside the ufc i watch him fight again because he has that baby face where you're, you're like eh, is he really built for this and then he's wheel kicking dudes dead and, and it all makes sense so right, right, um right. It's a matter of time, I think. I think he's going to end up having a good turnaround. I don't think this is the last we'll see of him, but probably it is in the UFC at the I'm moment. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Dude, this fight was awesome. This next fight was awesome. Charles Jordan versus Lando Venata. Um, I remember the first time I watched Lando Venata fight in that Tony Ferguson fight when he <laughs> stepped up on short notice. 
I instantly mm-hmm. was like, this dude has my respect forever. Like that was mm-hmm. one of the craziest fucking moments that I watched coming up in the game where I'm like, anyone could win on any given night. Like obviously that that fight was just fucking nuts. Um, on short notice, like a couple days notice comes in and almost knocks out Tony Ferguson a couple times. Uh, ends up losing that fight, but had a respectable career since. I thought he was going to win this fight, especially with the way the fight started. Like in my head, I'm like, Lando is a great striker, but he's the better well-rounded martial artist, in my opinion, out of the two of them. So I was like, if he's able to wrestle, um, which he should be, then he should win this fight. Like that's the way I looked at it. So when he came out and got that huge takedown, I was like, yes, like you're listening. (laughs) You're listening and you're finally going to do what, what we know you're capable of. So I was like hype about that. Like he's, he's pursuing the right game plan. He got a huge takedown. Um, and then slowly but surely uh, Charles Jordan gets back on the feet, drops him with that straight, right. Which is beautiful by the way. Um, and no, I think it was a straight left either way. Uh, straight shot puts him down and then just is swarming him all over him and then finishes with that nice high elbow guillotine. I thought he was out of it a couple different times. Like I I thought he wasn't going to be able to hold on to it just because that angle and that type of guillotine, when people are scrambling, it's so hard to maintain. Um, You Mm -hmm. can tell he has a very good squeeze as well uh, because that's such a hard choke to, to, to get it in the first place with a little bit of resistance is difficult. Uh, but the mm-hmm. way he was trying to scramble out of it, um, I was just super impressed by the way he was able to finish it. Awesome performance and a big comeback win too. Like just because he he's shown that he's able to deal with that adversity early on and then come out strong uh, because of it. So awesome performance. And I'm a little sad for Groovy, uh, uh, Groovy Lando. I think he he's a spectacular fighter. Like he, once again, he has the skills everywhere um but it's just an issue of putting it together on fight night and i think leaving jackson wing could help him with that um but at the same time the fact that he moved down to 145 and looked like an absolute zombie on the scale like i i kind of it may be the best move for him career-wise and size-wise because he's not big at all lightweight um but man it just didn't look good and the way he he got cracked and dropped so quick uh that's not what we're used to seeing out of him so i don't know how i feel about him at 155 um but i wish the best for him because i'm that's another guy that i'm a fan of uh that it's hard to see him lose in that way but i was a big fan of jordan as well coming into this one and that only got reaffirmed so i'm excited to see where both of these guys go but especially uh charles jordan and a good call out too with this and then like man, like Jordan the man wants smoke like he wants to fight everybody like and like the fact that he got a submission win when he's like no nah, I want to bang like I want, <laughs> like, I want to stand that's why it was funny like I, I had the same thoughts as you like when he got that slam he's like oh shit that's big okay we'll see what, what happens here and then the fact that he like Jordan even got the submission on him I was like huh like I did not expect that at all I don't even think he expected it to like usually when people are chasing after those submissions and um, especially after cracking the guy like like 
a lot of cases there's the guy ends up recovering and like coming back but yeah like that grip was like he definitely had it on and he definitely made sure to like finish it so um i'm excited to see jordan fight edson that'd be a good fight um i don't know just if they'll, they'll do it just because of the rankings but I think that'd be a really good fight to make. And Lando's always been fucking cool. Like everything, every fight he's had, his scraps with Green and, um, yeah, I don't. Uh, that's the really man's weird. got a wheel kick. He he, he yeah. got a wheel kick knockout on his record. Oh yeah, against Mc is it McDessie? Yeah. yeah, dude. Like I, I can he can still come back. I feel like I but maybe yeah, like like we were talking about with Jordan Wright, like. Um, yeah, like uh, Jackson Lee, it's just uh, yeah, they're not they're not the same as they used to be. Um, definitely, he needs someone who's gonna fit his style more. I feel like, and I think he can find that somewhere else. You know what I think would be a good fit. This is super random, but for Lando Venata specifically, Glory MMA, like link up with James Krause. Like I feel like he he'll be able to get the best out of him in a weirdo sort of Tim Elliott kind of way. Uh, where he's uh, yeah. where he's doing his own thing out there and mm-hmm. but still with the mindset of you know I'm a good grappler and people forget that for some reason um so that's where the the end goal is but I would love to see him go to glory MMA I, I'm a big fan of of that camp for sure oh yeah James Cross is super good at coaching like he definitely makes lets the fighter like be themselves and he just like hones it into a perfect way where you know it it uh some bro you know exactly like it's not like and there's a big difference and i think those two camps are are good to compare because with jackson wink you see them sort of develop everyone into the same kind of fighter um but in in glory mma it's about sort of taking your strengths and molding you based on what you do um and i think that's a much more impactful way to coach because not everyone sort of is built to do the same things. Uh, but either way, I, I'm not here trying to talk shit or shit on uh, Jackson Wink. I think they're, they're still a good camp as well. Uh, but just a little bit to be desired. Uh, but let's move on. Claudio Puelles versus Clay Guida. This was fucking brutal, man. Like, brutal. And in a way, we should have saw it coming. Like, let's be real. We should have saw it coming. Uh, but... I just got to say, shout out to Clay Guida's new hairstyle. I'm digging it, dude. Like, I'm digging it. As someone in the bald head gang, like, you finally fi- you finally saw what was on the horizon and cut off that ponytail. I'm proud of you. Uh, grew the beard out as us bald guys do. You, you got to have the compensation somewhere, you know? <laughs> and then uh, for, for it to turn out this way kind of sucked. I love Clay Guida. I like to see him succeed. Um, but hell of a performance from Claudio and just the way he the way he moves positions on the ground is so second nature to him um he's he's really good and he also backs it up on the mic you heard he had a lot of cool things to say and called out the UFC asked to get on Spanish commentary which I think could only benefit these fighters like if you could find a way to to put yourself in that sort of Dan Hardy role or that Paul Felder role. Like you got a career for life, dude. It's not just, it's not just, um, just the UFC. You can find work anywhere doing that. So, and there's only more MMA promotions coming on the horizon. So either way, um, Claudio Polez, I think has a very high ceiling. 
Uh, but he needs to work a little bit more, in my opinion, on the striking end of things, because clearly his grappling chops are up there. Um, but especially when it comes to sort of directionality, like where you want the fight, um, I think he could do a lot better keeping guys at range a little bit better. Um, but either way, you can't bitch too much when you get a, a nice submission like that. Super true. Um, I'm pretty good for Clay. Like, he, he got me going into my, like, storybook stuff, and, like, I love plot, so, like, seeing him, like, at his age, like, growing up, watching him, seeing him, like, still, like, hanging there with the young guys, I was like, oh, shit, like, let's go, and then he gets caught in that nasty knee bar, I was like, that transition was so smooth that I was like, as soon as it happened, I was like, oh, yeah, it's done, it's like, over. His, yeah. Yeah, his knee's fucked, but I definitely agree with you, too, like, because Claudio definitely has the frame to, like, be a good long striker and he should definitely use it to his advantage um and like same thing with like him trying to get on the smash commentary team like especially like uh, like how young he is too like his age like i think and still being able to fight and like still be up there i think that will definitely add more to his game because now you're approaching things from a more analytical standpoint, you know, mm-hmm. like you're watching fighters, you're seeing fighters you're gonna fight too, like, and you're commenting on how they're moving and everything. I think he adds a lot, especially in the grappling department, for that. So it's gonna be interesting how if the, if he does get on the the Spanish broadcasting team, like how adds to his game. That's a great shout, and I think that's something we saw in a, a, the main event next week. Uh, Marlon Vera, the way he's grown since he's been working on that um, commentary team, uh, definitely all relates. Um, I just got to say real quick, uh, a fighter that he reminds me of a lot is Joel Alvarez. Uh, Super big for the division, but also very, very good grappling wise. Uh, It's just a matter of now you got to keep pursuing it. Keep putting yourself in a position to do things like that, because clearly uh, you're on another level on the ground. Um, but yeah, I agree. It was super sad to see that when it, when it got fully extended, it almost looked like he could have, he could have really fucked up his knee if he didn't tap fast enough. And thankfully he let go very quick, uh, which is something I always watch for, especially with submissions like that. Uh, Cause Paul Harris will rip your whole shit off, bro. And not give a fuck. Oh, uh, so I always try to keep note of that, about whether or not they're, they're smart about it because you could tell who practices a lot based on how quick they're, they let it go versus how quick they latch it on. Uh, but yeah, super slick submission. It was awesome to see, but um, main event time, baby, another slick submission. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the floor for this one, please. Uh, how did you feel it was going before she was able to lock up that standing arm triangle and what was just your reaction to it in general? So I, I mean, we, we talked about how tired, like, Lemos looks every time she fights, and then, like, she kind of looked like she wanted to be out there or whatever, but that was just me joking, but... That was um, fucking like hilarious, she... by the way. Like, I literally, I was watching, I was watching the fights with my mom, and I just started dying, because I read your tweet, and she's like, what happened? And I read it to her, and we both were dying about it, because it looked so true, like, she looked like she wanted to go to bed, bro, but anyway. I was like, I don't want to be here, I don't want to be fighting this fucking monster, but... <laughs> no, man, I feel like she was uh, establishing her range at that point. And then she, like, I feel like she would have been more into the fight. But then as soon as, like, Andraj, like, latched onto that uh, standing arm triangle, I was like, 
hmm, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think she's going to get this because um, I think the last person I saw who tried to do that was uh, Benson, Benson Anderson. Yep. Like, but like, that, it wasn't tight enough. But I think, but the way that she's positioned and her kind of like her stature too, kind of, and like just how strong she is in general, like her grip strength. Like, I think that's going to aid her. So I was, like, kind of watching for her. I was like, hmm, like, okay, she's up against the cage, so she's going to have a hard time turning away and, like, trying to reconfigure herself. And then you see her, like, fully, like, lock it in. I was like, holy shit, is she going to get this shit? And then, like, she starts tapping. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, she actually got it? And I thought she slept. So, like, when I said... <laughs> so that's why when I said that, when I tweeted you, I was like, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, she got what she wanted, you know? Like, <laughs> so... <laughs> but then i was like dude like i i don't know because you kind of see like her uh, how high how, how, how high how tall she is so you like you you forget how like strong her center of gravity it is uh, oh her center of gravity is and it's like because she has that freak strength too you know like she mm-hmm. throws them bombs of course it's gonna transfer to like just like her back and everything too and like like so i was like i shouldn't be as surprised but then i was just like just seeing that like, good for her, you know, she deserves that. Like, the first standing submission, uh, standing arm triangle choke, I was like, wow. That shit was wild. For sure. It, it was funny. Go When the fight started, um, with all the con- all, all the shit we were talking beforehand, um, it was easy to sort of take Lemos lightly. And I think she proved, like, she, she belongs on this stage. Like, she landed on a lot of really nice kicks, was doing a good job keeping her distance. And I thought was giving her a lot of trouble. Like I thought, I thought she did a lot better than people give her credit for. Cause obviously you got finished. So that's what everyone remembers. Um, but right. man, she was, she was doing such a good job landing kicks and fainting kicks sort of keeping her on the outside because of the threat, uh, which I thought was really cool. And then she throws that right hook and then Andrade just ducks right under it and wraps it up. Clearly that's something she was working on. Um, but I agree. I, I was losing my shit when I saw her wrap it up. I, I knew it was tight, but it's one of those things where you don't really believe in it. Like you're like, yeah, she's going to try to take her down. Like that's, that's what I was thinking. And then I saw her do a uh, very reminiscent, obviously two different submissions, but the way she did it, very reminiscent of John Jones versus Benchita, where you see them push into the fence and then sort of get get their base underneath them and drive even more. And I'm like, yo, she's trying to finish it using the fence. And I called it out. I was like, yo, that's crazy. Like, she's trying to finish it up here. And then she starts tapping. I'm like, yo, she fucking did it. Like, I've never seen some (laughs) shit like this before. Um, And it's always cool as an MMA fan. I think that's that's what keeps us around, like the degenerates we are every week. Because we know there's a chance to see some shit like that that we've never seen before. Um, and like change the way you think about those positions. So, um, yeah, man, that was so, that was so awesome to watch. Shout out to Jessica Andrade. Always finds a way to sort of surprise and excite the fan base. Um, I think she's going to end up being the all-time uh, finished leader in women's MMA when it's all said and done. Because the fact that she's 30 years old and has been around since basically the beginning of the women's MMA in the UFC is fucking crazy like she's a staple in women's mma and the history of women's mma in the ufc specifically uh so just a big fan of her and she's another fighter i think that you look back at their career and you know for sure that she has wrung out every sort of bit 
of um, potential that she has and turned it into raw talent. Like you could see the growth from when she started to now, even in her body type, the way she was able to go down from, she was, she, she, she started out in the UFC at 135 pounds, dude, and made her way all the way down to 115 fought for the belt in both weight classes, became a champion in 115. I think this is the division for her long-term, for sure. Can't hate on her for trying to get that title shot uh, at 125, but it's good to see her back where she belongs. Um, I think, honestly, I think she won both fights with Rose Namajunas. I don't think Rose won the second fight. It was that close. Um, and she fucked up her eye in that one. So I think that's another another matchup I would like to see, the trilogy between those two. Um, and, hey, who knows? Uh, I think her ceiling is very high no matter what division she's in. Like, she's always going to be at least top five, in my opinion. Um, and if she if she isn't, that says a lot about how those divisions are growing because she she is that girl. Let's Let's leave it at that. Uh, so I, I don't think Lemos is, is garbage or bad because this happened. Yeah. I think she's still going to be around and uh, going to do well in this division. Um, but it's so weird when you looked at the tail of the tape that Lemos is 34 and Andrade is 30. I'm like, Andrade has been here forever, dude, like, and, and doing the damn thing. So shout out to Jessica Andrade, man. Great performance. Mm, definitely. Definitely. So just like that, we're on to the final leg of the show uh, where we're previewing just the main card because we've been a while already talking about all these awesome fights the last couple of weeks. Uh, Font versus Mar- uh, Marlon Vera. So let's start at the bottom of the main card. You got a nice little six fight main card, which you love to see. Christoph Jocko versus Gerald Mearshart. It's a good matchup. I don't know why. When I first heard it, I was like, how have these guys not fought already? Like <laughs> it feels like this is a this this is a rematch that never happened yet, which is funny. Um, I like the way the styles clash. I ultimately tend to lean towards Jotko, uh, but I won't be surprised at all if Gerald uh, clubs him and subs him or something like that. So uh, definitely a very close fight, uh, but I'm I'm leaning towards uh, Jotko in this one. Hmm. Um. I love GM3, honestly, just because ever since his knockout loss to uh, Kamza, like, he's, like, skyrocketed into doing more. Like, like, I think he has, like, three wins now by submission. So (laughs) all against guys with, like, ridiculous last names. So (laughs) I definitely want to see him take this one as well. Nice. Awesome. Um, Next up, we got the ultimate Spider-Man meme fight. Like, I just got to say, shout out to the UFC matchmakers for this one because these guys are going to be looking into the mirror when they fight each other. Uh, Darren Elkins versus Tristan Connolly. Uh, what do you think about this matchup, man? Both are, like, grinders. Um, I was just looking at Connolly's record, and he has, like, a lot of submission wins. So just him being paired up with Elkins, like, it's definitely going to be who can establish their game, who can grind out the other one, who can make the other one break. Um, I definitely want Elkins to win just because his last fight against Cub was kind of fucked up. So <laughs> I just think, yeah. yeah, but I think he, he'll have the heart to like really like test Connolly on like um, on his cardio and everything too. So 
because he moved all the way from welterweight down to like featherweight. Uh, he lost his last fight, so I'm leaning more towards Alvarez during this one as well. Nice, yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I feel like the biggest factor is the fact that the people that beat Elkins have a considerable more amount of power than he does, and that's what sort of lets them start having success in the first place. I don't think Conley has enough power to sort of put him off from pressuring. And when you let Darren Elkins pressure you, that's the worst spot to be in. I just want to say shout out to Darren Elkins. I don't know if you've noticed this already yet, uh, but in the actual logo for the MMA archive, there's a picture of Darren Elkins in there uh, from hey. his, his fight against, um, what is his name now? Rashad Bektich. Uh, the, it's it's the picture of when he finished that fight and he's just screaming like that primal scream. Uh, I, I love that moment. It, every time I think of it, it brings uh, the hair on the back of my neck uh, to stand up. Just a hell of a moment for him in his career. So that's why I make awesome. sure whenever I get a chance to highlight that shit, I'm like, that's who is on my damn logo, man. It's Darren Elkins. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm rooting for him too. I want him to win. Um, I think he's going to win, uh, but at the same time, it does make me a little nervous that you're looking across the, the cage at someone that does basically the same things that you do, but is younger than you. And in his last fight, you could tell compared to when he made his debut against Michelle Pereira on short notice, Conley takes this shit seriously. Like he got in really good shape and I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same for this one. Uh, so no matter what, he's going to have to work for it. Uh, but I agree. I'm, I'm rooting. And I think uh, Darren Elkins takes away the win in this one. Real quick, let me just, um, I'm writing this in. So let me just uh, fill some time here while I write down who, um, who we're picking in this, just so I could keep it for the records. Um, Darren Elkins versus Tristan. Connolly, and we're both picking Elkins, and I got Chaco, and you got GM3. Okay, perfect. So next up on this six-fight main card, it's actually a pretty good main card, man. I can't complain. Jared Gordon versus Grant Dawson. Ah, oh, man. I love Jared Gordon. I love his story everything he's been through to get to this point. And he's another one of those guys that you could point to and say, you know, they have squeezed out every last drop of potential. And this is just hard work at this point. Like he he's made a lot of leaps in his career and I'm very proud of the fighter he's become. And I'm sure he is too. Um, but this is a horrible matchup, man. Grant Dawson is that dude. Like honestly, in my opinion is a sleeper, to potentially be in that top five in this division someday. Um, I love his grappling. I love his striking as well, working with Glory MMA. Um, on the feet, not as much, but ground and pound specifically, he has some of the best ground and pound in the UFC. And I know that's surprising. Please watch his fights if you don't agree with me. Um, the way he's able to hold people down and then really hammer them once he gets into the right spot. Um, I noticed this a lot with guys like, they're in positions and then they're like, okay, I got to throw a punch so that I don't get separated. He is not that guy at all. He puts himself in a position to land multiple strikes and then just bombs away from those spots, which you'd love to see very 
controlled ground and pound, very sort of um, methodical in the way he's going about it, uh, which you love to see. Um, yeah, I just think this with all the things Jared Gordon wants to do, uh, Grant Dawson is just a little bit better there. I think his best bet in this one is to sort of take whatever he can early on and then really come strong in the latter half of the fight and try to like wear down Grant Dawson, which we've seen happen to him before. Um, but my, my, my head is telling me that I got to go with Grant Dawson in this one. Um, I'm pretty sure during the fight, my heart is going to be rooting for Jared Gordon, uh, but I'm going Grant Dawson in this one. Yeah, I feel you. I think this fight's definitely like more of a test for Grant and seeing if he can pass it. Um, Jared Gordon's a grinder. Um, I always appreciate that kind of style too. Um, but honestly, I feel like Dawson's ceiling is a little bit higher just because of his age and like what he can do. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Dawson on this one as well. Yep. Awesome. So next up, this fight is big, dude. Not a lot of people know this guy, but this is a huge fight. Andre Philly versus Joe Anderson Brito. Um, tough, tough first fight for Joe Anderson Brito, but at the same time, um, in my opinion, this is a great matchup. It's going to be a fucking banger for however long it lasts. Mm -hmm. I'm shook. I'm sure. I'm gonna be honest. I'm shook because I like Andre Philly a lot. I want to see him do good. This is another guy that I think you could point to and say he fucking stuck with it and and shown mm -hmm. that he's growing in this sport, uh, which mm -hmm. you love to see. Um, I just feel like Brito's gonna put it on him, man. Like I just, I just feel like he's gonna put it on him early, and that that feeling, that thought is gonna be in his head. So even later on in the fight. Um, sort of those outbursts are going to be in Feely's mind. Um, I think this fight is close, though. I don't think this is going to be mm -hmm. like a runaway fight. I think I think it's going to be very competitive back and forth. Uh, but I'm leaning towards Brito with those sort of uh, extended exchanges. I think he's able to keep guys in the firefight, and I think that's Andre Feely's biggest issue, <laughs> in my opinion. So it's it's a big matchup uh, issue in this one, which got me leaning towards Brito. I'm always going to stick to my Samoans, you know, so I got Andre Feely on this one because this is, I think this is a great matchup for both guys because I think, I think Brito's training out of the truth the box and uh, Andre just has that style where he just wants to like fucking bang too, you know, like striking, but he also can mix it up, you know, whether it's the clinch, you know, wrestling and stuff like that. Um, I would like to see him use his range more, but, um, and as a sick individual as I am, I, I'm pretty sure, and I kind of want someone to go to sleep in this fight, like, just because both their styles, I feel like, complement each other, and if it's, if it's anything but a swing and bang fest, then I, I don't know. <laughs> we have been sold a lie, damn it, legit. Um, by the way, we didn't even mention this, best, one of the best nicknames in the game, right? Andre Touchy Feely, like, come on, bro. Come on, bro, like, wh whoever gave him that uh, you you are a legend, sir. That's all I got to say. Uh, but go ahead. I didn't hear you. Oh, it's super funny. Uh, he's definitely got to touch somebody up. Someone's going to get touched up in this fight. That sounds sure. bad. Hey, yo, no pause. <laughs> I, I really love his uh, where the wild things tattoos are. Uh, tattoo is as well. Uh, I, I love super that cool. fucking those books. Uh, hilarious. Book. Yeah. Weird movie, but great book. 
<laughs> very, very good point. Uh, but anyway, random tangents aside, our co-main event. I can't believe this is the co-main event. It shouldn't be the co-main event. But Andre Arlovsky versus Jake Collier. Um, the first time I, I noticed this fight is happening, I threw up in my mouth a little. It's gonna suck. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be a slog. It's gonna be nasty heavyweight MMA. Fight. But um, I'm leaning towards Andre Arlovsky here, veteran savvy, gets the job done. Uh, but will I be surprised if Collier cracks him? <laughs> Not at all. Uh, the only thing that'll ever surprise me about Collier's career is the fact that he used to fight at middleweight, <laughs> and that's it. So I'm going Bro. with Andre in this one. Dude, the funniest thing is I was searching up uh, their past fights too. Um, I was unsure about because I'm disgusting, but um, I was they their his pic their picture for a Collier is still him on the scale when he's a middleweight, and so I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck is this? I'm like, they gotta update this. Like, this is like definitely not him at heavyweight, but um, yeah, I think this might be a fucking mud fight. Uh, because that's all heavyweight fights, especially like around like this, these rankings. Like, it's either you're gonna get someone's someone's get fucking slept, or someone's you're just gonna see two guys like struggling to fucking hit each other, and like it's just sweaty and disgusting. Um I, I'm definitely leaning more towards Andre in this fight just because he's been more veteran savvy as of late. Uh, he's been using, like, he he hasn't been taking as much cracks as he used to, I feel like. Um, but, you know, again, like, it's been, it's been hard. But against the upper echelon, he's definitely struggled. But now he's, like, kind of, like, in that kind of the twilight of his career where he's fighting up-and-comer guys. And he definitely uses his veteran tactics. And it makes it to good use. So I definitely lean towards Orlovsky. Nice. Yeah. I agree with everything you said. I I, I just still can't believe that this was the, his career progression. Like, it's almost like um, this is going to be super random and niche. So if you have no idea what I'm talking about, I understand. Uh, but it's kind of like when Gucci man got out of jail and everyone was like, is that the same dude? Like, is that, is that a body double? Like, I, it's like that, but the opposite. Like when I realized <laughs> that when Jay Collier came back into the UFC as a heavyweight and I realized it was the same dude, it's almost like, is this like, <laughs> is, this, is this a clone bro? Like, is this really the Jay Collier that, that I knew before? Bro, it's Bob from Tekken, bro. <laughs> Legit, bro. Legit. That's hilarious, dude. Uh, can't believe that. So crazy. Uh, but the only way that I know it's true is that um, that shitty rock band star tattoo that he has on the side of his chest. It's in the same spot, I swear. It hasn't moved, uh, which is fucking hilarious. Um, but yeah, What's so weird. Like? So weird to see him in that division. That's funny. But anyway, let's move on to the, the biggest fight of substance on this entire card. Um, this is a, it's a, it's a banger. I'm not going to lie. It's a banger. Rob Font versus Marlon Chito Vera. I'm so excited for this one, but I'm going to give you the floor. Please break this one down for us and what you think is going to happen. Um, oh, shit. Okay. Uh, it's, I'm at the website right now, but I guess Rob's the favorite in this one. Number five, number eight. Understandable. Um, I love Rob Font. I love his style. I love his story. Same thing with Marlon Vera. Um, definitely, they both have range. Uh, I like Rob's jab way more. Like, I just love jabs. Like, that's like one of my favorite punches to throw. 
um, Marlon Vera's elbows, his clinch tactics, everything too, and just his kicks too. Like he's just been getting better and better each fight. Um, ever since the Sean O'Malley fight too, like he's definitely like grew in his own way. Like everyone still had the punch on, but Marlon Vera, he's just been, he's always been a grinder. He's just been around for a while. Um, this is definitely a good jump for him. Uh, Rob's coming off that loss against Aldo. Um, I definitely want to see how Marlon's going to deal with the jab, and I definitely want to see how Rob's going to come back after a loss. Um, Marlon's hungry, came off with a good win. It's Frankie, fucking turned him into NFT. Uh, how dare you? How dare you? No, I know. I was, I did, I had to, I, <laughs> you know, you know how my Twitter is. I have to like say some corny shit like that. That's so on me. true, though. It's so true. I had to, man. I'm sorry, but, um, I'm super split on this just because I think Rob had a really good fight with Aldo, but Aldo, late kick Aldo came back and that was just unfortunate for him. But he definitely, he fucked up his eye though. So that's why it's like, I, I think he's going to come back really strong in this fight. So uh, this hurts saying I'm, I'm going to lean more towards Rob just because I just, I believe in his boxing that much and his ability to stay at range in his movement. Um, but if Marlon can close that distance and like make it dirty and make it a fucking elbow fest, then yeah. But I'm gonna lean more towards Rob for sake of a pick. Yeah, I like that a lot. I I agree with almost everything you said. I feel like this matchup is such a good matchup because the ranges that each guy has success in is different than the other. So it, it's really gonna be about what kind of fight it turns into and whether or not uh, they're able to maintain the range where they want to be, which is always a fun dynamic for fights, in my opinion. Um, I think I, my heart is surprisingly leaning towards Marlon Vera uh, because I, I just love his style and his progression as well. He's a fucking mm -hmm. badass. The fact that he's like a Ecuadorian celebrity is like awesome to me. Like, he, mm -hmm. he like he like is in Pepsi commercials and shit like that. Like you love to see it. Uh, I feel like even most American fighters in in the UFC don't get that kind of love. So uh, mm -hmm. really cool to see him on that end of things. But at the same time, I agree with your analysis, man. I think his style gives uh, Rob Font style gives Marlon Vera nightmares, and we've seen that in other matchups as well. Uh, guys that could keep him on the outside, like Aldo. Funny enough that they have that common opponent. Um, guys that could keep him on the outside, give him a lot of trouble. And I think that's exactly what Rob Font is going to look to do, especially, like you said, coming off of that devastating loss. I think the biggest chink in Rob's armor is when he's fighting a guy that has considerably larger power than he does. And I don't think he has that issue in this matchup. Um, we saw it in the, in the Jose Aldo fight. I felt like I was super surprised by how poorly he was able to take the power of Aldo. I think there was moments where he was getting hit. It looked like he was going flying. Um, it was crazy. I didn't expect that dynamic at all, uh, but I don't think that dynamic exists in this one. Um, I think it's ultimately gonna just come down to who can keep their range for longer. And I think there's gonna be moments where Farrah looks like he's about to finish him. Uh, but I, I think Rob Font ends up taking a decision. I'm excited to watch this one though, because I think this also has potential to turn into a sneaky fight of the year contender, which is always awesome. Yeah, I agree. I think what I'm going to be doing during this fight is counting the late kicks. I think that'll probably be Marlon Vera's biggest weapon. It's probably like a calf kick, uh, you know, just like attacking the legs, and just stopping the movement. 
because that was Aldo's biggest thing in their fight too. Like, and definitely the power difference, but like what you said, like definitely their power is definitely going to be very similar. And it's definitely going to be who's going to dictate their style and whose technique is better. Good fight. Really good fight, man. I'm excited. They've been, they've been having a lot of good ones, but next weekend, is where it's at even better than this one that's coming up. So I got to ask you, I know we're way ahead of time, so don't expect super crazy in-depth analysis, but quick fire, rapid fire picks, Rose Namajunas versus Carla Esparza. Who you got? Oh, shit. Okay. Um, I think Rose has a lot of, uh, she'd made a lot of adjustments. Um, so I'm going to pick her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to pick Rose. Nice. Um, I, I'm tending to lean towards Rose too, but I won't be surprised if Carla wins. I kind of am hoping for the madness and like giving that whole division a, a reset button, but I, mm-hmm. I think Rose comes out on top. I really love that camp. Um, her camp is so good. Trevor Whitman's a monster. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the main event, baby. It's only right. Justin Gaethje coming up against the champ, Charles Oliveira. To this day, for some reason, people are doubting Charles Oliveira. I am one of those people. Um, in that uh, Dustin Poirier fight, I was doubting him, uh, saying, you know, whether or not that quit is still in him. Uh, what do you think? How do you think this one turns out, man? Honestly, I'm I'm worried for Charles just because he's becoming more into the fact that people are calling him a quitter because now he wants to show off that he's not, which could be a detriment, especially with Gaethje and, like, the amount of power he has in his hands. Um, like, with Dustin, like, I was surprised on all the stuff he did in the clinch and his body work. And that took a lot out of Dustin throughout the fight. Um, I think that's key against this fight with Gaethje is uh, how he can definitely whittle down his cardio a lot more and make him breathe more, breathe heavier. And um, his, but I think his biggest weapon, I'm obviously going for Charles, but his biggest weapon is uh, how he's going to take him down. Like, is he going to take his back again, like how Khabib did, um, and see what adjustments Gaethje has made throughout those, uh, you know, throughout his time off. Um, I think he can definitely crack him a lot. He's going to crack him probably the hardest out of everybody. But um, if he gets his back taken again, then I know, like, oh, shit, this might be a wrap. So we'll see. That's a really good shot. It's a tale of two, t- two fights almost. I'm picking... Gaethje just because Gaethje has such big power dude and every one every one of the last three fights for Charles Oliveira he's gotten fucking rocked um, and was able to survive which is uh, kudos once again Um, will I be surprised if Charles Oliveira wins this not at all like I I feel like this is such a fun matchup because of that because it's going to be no matter who wins it's going to be like seconds before the other guy was winning and then it just so turned out that they they was able to get things right in their favor um i think there's no way this fight goes to a decision like book it right now if you're lot if you're um if your bookie is doing inside the distance props take it because there's no way this fight is going to the distance um but i'm leaning towards gaichi just because of the raw power and i just feel like he'll be able to play that uh, Tony Ferguson game plan, stay on the outside and just pepper him with shots until it, it's clearly taken a big effect and then start walking him down, uh, which I think is just a, a very bad stylistic uh, matchup for Charles. 
Um, but I think watch for the clinch again in this one. I think if Charles Oliveira is able to bring him in tight, make it dirty, start hitting him to the body like he did against Poirier, I think him gassing out Justin could be a real narrative in this one, especially if we end up in the third, fourth rounds. Uh, oh, yeah. So keep an eye out on that. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm going with, um, well, I disagree. I'm going with <laughs> uh, Justin Gaethje in this one. So it should, should be a, a fucking barn burner though. Like I'm so excited to watch that one. But yeah, dude, yeah. we did it. We, we come to the end of a long ass recap show. Look forward to next week. Gave you everything you, da- you goddamn need. Once again, please t- uh, take us home. Make sure you tell them where to find you on Twitter again. And uh, we'll get out here. Uh, yeah, so if you want to follow my personal page, uh, Arwen is 808, and my MMA page, which is more important, 808 MMA Insight. Yes, sir. You already know the beast from Hawaii doing the damn thing every damn week. Uh, you could catch me on Negrong MMA on Twitter, as well as on Chris Negrong underscore on Instagram. Um, I'm very close, inching up to 300 followers on Twitter. So help me out, guys. Come on. And I know you I know you got it in you. Share me around a little bit with your friends. I'll be at 300 before you know it. So exciting times for sure. Just want to also give a shout out to Champs Underwear, baby. My uh, our podcasts are, are finally sponsored. And it's a yeah. beautiful place to be. It's a beautiful place to be. So I'm going to leave uh, a link in the description with our um, our promo code. So you could go and get your discounted items from Champs. Uh, they got underwears. They got shirts. They got nice slides. All quality stuff, really comfortable and all tailored towards sort of keeping sweat off of you, keeping the swamp out of your ass in all ways. Uh, so you love to see it. Shout out to Champs Underwear doing the damn thing every week. Um, and shout out to OTS, um, OTS Media, baby, on all platforms as well as OTS Media. So it's OTS Media Co. on all platforms and then OTS Media on YouTube. Uh, we're doing our damn thing. Got over 300 subscribers on YouTube and only growing. So exciting times, really, for real. Uh, getting out big coverage of the NBA playoffs, coverage of the NFL offseason, all sports you could imagine. Um, OTS Media has it. So check us out on all those platforms. You're not going to regret it, I promise. And that's it, baby. Thank you so much for listening, as always. It's been a pleasure and looking forward to next week. You guys have a good one. Peace.